0: Before I share words of Torah, I want to thank the Toronto police. I want to thank the private security. And I want to thank all of Brian's team for doing a yeoman's job all week. And I want to specifically thank Arnold, who many of you see on Shabbat morning when you walk in, who at during a little bit of a hard time for me, because like all of you, there's been many, I said to Arnold, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. And Arnold responded, Rabbi, we're all one family. So now more than ever, when you see security people, and you see police, and you see any of our facilities team and our security team, just thank them. And if you don't make it to the you, and you only say thank, and then you start to cry, they can handle it. Because I've done that. So on Wednesday, today Shabbat, yeah. On Wednesday, a lot of people all over the world received the following invitation. These are days of pain. We feel as if our bodies and souls are on fire. As we mourn those murdered in the horrifying massacre that took the lives of over 1,200, now 1,300 at least, Israelis, our hearts are heavy as we think of the fate of the hundreds of captives and thousands of wounded. Members of the Masorti movement from all over the country gather every evening on Zoom to pray together and support each other. Tomorrow, Thursday, we invite you, our friends and partners from all over the world to pray with us. Please join us. And so whatever I was supposed to do on Thursday got erased from my calendar and at 1 p.m., I had the privilege to join 800 Jews spanning the globe for a Zoom prayer service for the State of Israel that was sponsored by multiple arms of the conservative movement. When it began, we were reminded that since most of the speakers were in Israel, we might have to pause in case sirens went off during our time that we were together. Thankfully they didn't. The first speaker was Rakefet Ginsberg. Rakefet is the CEO of the Masorti movement in Israel. And she had a whole list of planned remarks, but she couldn't get through them. So instead, She spoke from her heart and from her personal experience, acknowledging her children, all of her children, who are fighting in the war right now. What is it like to be an Israeli parent or grandparent right now? There are people in this room who know. I see a number of grandparents of Israelis who are in Israel sitting among us. The next person to speak was Rabbi David Arias, and he was in his uniform. He was standing in the dark next to a tank. He was standing in the dark because if it was one o'clock here, it was eight o'clock in Israel. Originally from Santiago, Chile, he made aliyah in 2014. He served in the IDF and then he went to the Shechter Rabbinical School. And when he's not in reserve duty at a time of war, Rabbi Arias serves as the rabbi of Kehilat Moriah in Haifa. And he's a husband and he is a father, and he is a brother, and he is a son. So from somewhere in Israel, of course, we don't know where, Rabbi Arias recited the prayer for the soldiers of Israel, just that like we did 10 minutes ago. Before he began though, all 800 of us that were assembled on the Zoom screens we were asked to enter the names of current active soldiers into the chat. Hundreds of names populated the chat, so much so that names did not stop the entire time that Rabbi Arius chanted the words of the prayer in Hebrew and English. There are so many, Many people, men and women, who have been called up. And many of us know these people personally. Young and not so young people who are defending Israel's borders. My cousin Dudi, he's way past Milu image but he's a doctor and so he was called up and he's currently underground in the Rambam Hospital. And he's just one of many that we all know. As I looked around that Zoom screen, and there's so many of them, on Thursday, I saw my really good friend, Rabbi David Wise. He's from Toronto. His son, Ellie, made Aliyah from Queens, New York right after high school and he joined the IDF. I've literally, I watched this kid grow up for 10 years. And so I typed Ellie's name into the chat. And when I called David yesterday to check in on him, he told me that tomorrow, Sunday, is supposed to be Ellie's release day from the army. And then he said with a smile, because he's the father and he can say that, that Ellie will have the shortest break from active duty to miluim, to reserve duty. Probably all of us, at this point, in just one week, are one or two degrees of separation away from IDF soldiers or reservists that have shown up to fight for and defend Israel. And as for people living in Israel, the Times of Israel's David Horovitz wrote, Everybody I know has lost someone or lost many people, whether close Or not so close. All of us in this room. And every Jewish person. Is tangentially connected to someone who is fighting for Israel right now. In an unbelievably emotional podcast earlier this week. Micha Goodman said that 150% of Israelis showed up to do duty. Now I'm not so good at math, and even I know that that is impossible, but 150% of people showed up. This is a direct quote from Micha. People who are now in Thailand, people who are now in India, people who are now in London are doing everything they can to cut. You know how Israelis don't know how to stand in line. Well, we're not standing in line. We're doing everything we can to cut lines, to get on a plane, to come back, to fight for this country, to fight for this nation. Israelis want to help Israelis. They want to help Israel. They want to remove this horrible threat. We often recall that Parshat Brashit Reminds us, B'Tselem Elohim Bara Oto, that humankind was created in the image of God. Israelis want to help Israelis, they're acting in the image of God. But later on in the Parsha, we read in chapter 4 a story of two brothers. There was Abel the shepherd, and Cain the tiller of the soil. Out of, perhaps, probably, jealousy, Cain killed his brother Abel. And this is the first documented destruction of another human being in our tradition. Nahum Sarna, in his JPS commentary on Genesis, he captures the literary power of this story and he writes, the first recorded death is not from natural causes, but by human hands. An ironic comment on the theme of chapter three, man and woman have striven to gain immortality, but their firstborn brings the reality of death into the world. And when I was speaking to Rabbi David Wise, the one whose son is fighting he reminded me that in this past week, we have seen Hamas, a heinous, barbaric, devilish adversary, emulate Cain's murderous instincts with perverse glee. One week ago, this time last week, Shabbat morning, Shabbat afternoon, Shabbat in early evening. The Israeli residents of the Gaza envelope in our sister city, Stayroth, in Be'eri, in Far Azza, in Nir Am, in Nahal Oz, they were left to the fate of Abel. Kids dancing, babies sleeping, and so many innocent lives gone. Now, we are not in Israel, but we, the global Jewish community, must confront the brief exchange between God and Cain that follows the Bible's first homicide. Adonai el Cain, e Havel God said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And Cain said back to God, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? If you look at the next verse, you'll see, there is no actual concrete answer to that question. We don't know if the answer is yes from the Torah, nor do we know if the answer is no from the written words of the Torah either. Nachum Sarna points out that in chapter 4, between verses 2 and 11, the word ach, brother, appears seven times. Seven is one of our magic numbers. It's the number of completion. Sarna writes, the sevenfold stress in this chapter on the obvious fraternal relationship of Cain and Abel emphatically teaches that man is indeed his brother's keeper and that all homicide is fratricide. The most basic teaching of Judaism is an answer to a rhetorical question. Yes, we are one another's Shomrim and Achim. We are each other's guardians and each other's family. In the podcast, Micha Goodman wrote that every Israeli is feeling a cocktail of emotions sadness, grief, shock, inspiration, rage. And he also added solidarity, admiration, and pride in the chesed that's being done. And I want to expand that to the diaspora community as well. This week, I have never felt prouder to be Jewish. I have never felt more connected to the Jewish community. That call on Thursday had people all over the world by design because Jews are everywhere, and we care about each other. We care about the Jewish collective, and that's why we have been checking in on each other all week long, both here and in Israel, because we are am echad, we are one people with one heart and that is why we have cried together and held each other and dug deep and donated so much. We are a people that values and prioritizes Am Israel, the collective. For eight months, our people were divided over Israel. No more. Hamas's terror banded us and bonded us back together because of our love for and our pride in Israel. Once more to quote Micha, the spirit of the people from the bottom, the people will compensate for the dysfunction of the establishment from the top. That is why we are going to win. This is not easy. In fact, this is unbelievably hard. It hurts us so much inside. But Israel will rise Stronger than ever. Ain Braira, there is no choice.